0: we'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hi everyone, it's Kara Golden from the Kara Golden Show and I'm so thrilled to have my next very very cool guest here with me. We have Mike Schneider who is the founder of Flatface Fingerboards and as I was telling him before we hit record. My 17-year-old son, I think I gained a uh, huge, huge cred when uh, I told him that I was interviewing Mike today to talk about his company, and he was quite impressed that I was uh, interviewing you. So the question that I have for everybody out there is, did you play with fingerboards when you were younger? So that is the big question of the hour. And I'm so thrilled to have Mike here so he can talk to us a little bit more about the founding of his company, Flatface Fingerboards. He's been called the Tony Hawk of fingerboarding and is truly the next level of fingerboarding. But he's not only a professional fingerboarder. He's also the owner of a business that he started, Flatface Fingerboards, which is just unbelievable. Uh, We were chatting a little bit about only has a few people working there, but I mean, what he's been able to do in growing that business and scaling that business is just really, really inspirational. By the way, he started... Fingerboarding and really scaling skate parks at age nine. What else? He's now in his, uh, if I have this right, late 20s. Um, Is that correct? Awesome. And he spends his week practicing building and socializing with other fingerboarders in what can only be described as fingerboard heaven. Um, So I can't wait to hear more about this very, very inspiring journey. Definitely a cult favorite product for so, so many. So welcome, Mike.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. So let's start at the beginning. I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit more about your company and fingerboarding? I mean, you probably, maybe not often, but maybe every once in a while, run into people who don't really know what fingerboards are.
1: Yeah, so fingerboard is a miniature skateboard. It's a scaled down skateboard and basically you use them with two fingers and do tricks on them using the same physics as skateboarding. And there's a whole community of people who are into this hobby. It's a lot of fun. You can do it anywhere yeah, it just kind of goes along with skateboarding culture a little bit, but also you don't even have to do real skateboarding. So it's just, it's a cool thing for everybody. I mean, there's people of all ages that fingerboard from like, you know, eight years old to like 80.
0: (laughs) So you became a fingerboarder before starting your company. Do you remember your first experience of how did you decide, were you a skateboarder? How did you decide to start fingerboarding?
1: Yeah. So I had just started skateboarding. I was nine years old, or maybe I was eight when I started. I was nine years old when I saw fingerboarding in my school. Um, kids had tech decks, which are like a plastic, um, kind of like an intro level to fingerboarding, like a basic toy version of it. And you can buy them in like, you know, Target, Walmart, whatever. So a lot of kids were playing with these in my school and. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever because I had just started skateboarding. So it was just super fun to me. And so I started playing with those during class with everybody else. And then before you knew it, like I was making my own, making the ones we had better and changing parts on them and trying to improve them and stuff like that. And it kind of all grew from there. It was just something I really enjoyed and wanted to do it the best that I could.
0: So it's one thing to enjoy a sport like fingerboarding, uh, it's another thing to actually go start a company. I mean, this is crazy. And uh, I mean, so crazy, awesome, and inspiring. And I hope anyone who's really found something that they really enjoy that is, you know, kind of curious about Mike's journey might be inspired by it as well to go and create and go and start. But Uh, Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Obviously you wanted to make things better and that's kind of how it started, but share a little bit more about kind of the early days of actually creating a company.
1: Yeah. So uh, basically I started making boards out of wood. because The ones we had were plastic and I was making them just how a real skateboard is made. So it's like layers of wood glued together and then you mold it and shape it and drill it and all those things. So um, I would sell those to kids in my class for like $3, $4 here and there. And then um, I was really interested in computers too, like from early age. So I made a, like a little website and I just put like some, you know, pictures, descriptions, whatever about my fingerboards. And the next thing I knew, like people were ordering them from all over the place and I couldn't even keep up with the demand for them because like, you know, I could make one or two or three in a day or whatever, but it's like, you know, people really wanted them from all over. So um, yeah, my mom always reminds me that like one day when I was nine, I went up to her and I was like, mom, I'm starting a company. And she was like, okay,
0: run along, have fun. And how often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? To subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com/Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year.
1: Neither of us knew it would be anything like really serious, but you know, I was just having fun doing what I was doing, and people just wanted it because I guess it was good. and. Yeah, and it grew a lot from there, obviously. But that's how the whole thing started.
0: So this is twenty years ago, and it, at that point, yeah. and <laughs> and I mean, it's wild. And so, how were you getting the word out about fingerboarding? I mean, I'm just thinking back at you know twenty years ago. I mean, what what was the platform that you were using?
1: Yeah, so it was before any kind of social media and stuff for the most part, but there was forums online, like message boards. So that's where the fingerboarding community was. So I was on there and we'd always talk about all kinds of different things. So it was very easy for me to say like, Oh, check out my website or check out this board I made. And then people would message me or email me and say like, Hey, I want one that looks really cool. And so that's, it's all been word of mouth. And the cool thing is even after everything's evolved with the internet and stuff nowadays, it's still pretty much word of mouth. Like I very rarely pay for any kind of advertisement or anything like that. For the most part, it's all natural, just like people telling each other about it. And I guess I got in at a good time. But um, yeah, the word of mouth kind of just worked. And now it's like when people start fingerboarding, they hear about me without me having to like put myself out there. Like I just do what I do. I make videos and stuff for fun. But it's all just like a natural progression of like how people hear about it and stuff.
0: You've been called the Tony Hawk of fingerboarding. You've created something really special out of a passion. What advice would you give to other entrepreneurs given your experience? Like, what do you know now that you didn't know when you were first starting?
1: I would say just if you have something that you can offer to others that's, you know, something of value, I guess something better, something different, something unique, or just an improvement on something that's out there already, I think that's the best way to run a business like something that you have a real reason for, because you, you know, it's your vision, it's something that you think like, would be really great. And you kind of figure out how to bring it to the world. I think that's like the best way to make a company in anything. Because if you're making a company just to like make money, and you're just like, Oh, what kind of company can I make? You're never going to succeed, you're going to be in the wrong place doing the wrong thing. But if you see like, all right, this is something that I like, or this is something that I see that needs improvement, that I think I have what it takes to offer that. That's kind of like the best advice I would give people like kind of follow your passion, uh, follow your heart, really just whatever, like, whatever makes sense. And don't focus on money. When you make a business, obviously, you have to make sure the money works. Like you don't want to be losing money, you want to be making money when you do things. But um, that's like such a minor part of it. If you really focus on what you're actually doing, how you're doing it and how it affects other people, you know, money will follow. You'll be making tons of money and you won't even have to think about making money because it will just be like, okay, how can I, you know, what's next? What can I improve? What can I offer people? And I think the best way to do it is just as natural as possible like that. Like don't force anything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is what you've said and how you said it is so motivating. And I think I always ask guests, you know, what keeps them motivated, but I bet just the way that, you know, you've set up this community, right, where you're solving problems for them, you're really talking about your own kind of curiosity. And a lot of the YouTube videos that I've seen, and also some of the forums that I've seen, I mean, you're just sort of throwing things out there and responding. I think a lot of it must really give you a lot of motivation, right? To know that people are thinking about what you've yeah. created, right? I mean, that's that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I still can't believe it. I mean, I, I do all this stuff every day, all day, and I still just randomly kind of take a step back and I'm like, I can't believe that I'm doing this and that all of this is happening. Like, it's unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, the motivation comes totally naturally because i just love fingerboarding and it's really cool like there's endless things you can do it never really gets boring or old or anything so it's a thing that i love so i'm always kind of finding new ways to keep it interesting and that in turn kind of keeps the company interesting and you know we do events and stuff too so everybody's everybody's always excited for all these different reasons and It's an endless world.
0: So you talk about, you talk about events, but you also have an incredible place in Massachusetts that you, uh, have set up, um, where people can come, uh, correct. And I'd love to hear more about that.
1: Yeah. So originally when I was like, you know, nine, 10, 12, 13, um, there was no fingerboarding events or community in person in the U S like we would see videos from Germany where they had these like get-togethers and contests and all kinds of stuff, and we we're like, "Wow, that would be really cool if only we had something like that here." And so, I think I was like around 13 or so. I made like the first fingerboard event, and it was not really an event, but it was like I invited some people from the forums from online, and uh, they came to my parents' house. So like we set up all these tables in the driveway, and we made a video of it, and it was like inspired by the events in Germany where fingerboarding was already really big. And that kind of showed people like you can get together with other fingerboarders. You don't just have to like stay in your own little bubble. And so the community started kind of growing because like I would do these events and each time it was twice as many people as the one before. And so eventually like we had to rent out a place and bring everything there. And like we'd have these huge events where people were flying in all over the world and we'd do, you know, we'd have like three, 400 people at these events. And so fast forward to now, basically I bought my own building so that I can just put everything there and keep it and then open up every month and have an event every single month where people come in. And yeah, it's, it's grown into like a huge thing. It's a big tradition. Like we do two big events every year where like everybody comes in then we do small events for free every month. And basically there's like, Thirty plus fingerboard parks. They're like the size of your dining room table, probably each one, and they're all um, they're all really like a unique work of art. But they're all like different types of skate parks and stuff. So people come here, make friends, fingerboard for the day. You can buy stuff. There's a lot of filming that goes on. It's a lot of fun.
0: That's fun. Do you do events in other locations too, or pretty? It's just easier for you just to do it in this location.
1: Yeah. So. I pretty much just do these events uh, at my own place here in Massachusetts, but I do travel a lot like to other people's fingerboard events. I have a ton of friends that do events like around the country. So if you're not able to get to Massachusetts, like there's tons in California now, there's ones in Texas. Like there's there's really an event almost anywhere if you look around and stuff.
0: That's wild. It seems like there's just a ton of physics involved in, you know, fingerboarding. It's not... Uh, and I think it's it's interesting because it's not I don't know maybe that's not every sport right I think that it it's complicated and the more I looked at it it's just it probably takes a lot of thought Do you find yourself thinking through a lot of different whether it's tricks or different ideas constantly Yeah
1: yeah I mean it's a lot like skateboarding um, where like the technique and the physics all play together. Yeah. Like it does take a lot of skill and talent, but it's also like fairly easy to pick up. Like uh, when you start, some people learn it really fast and they can kind of get the hang of it. And other people, it might take them like a lot of trial and error, but it's one of those things where it's like muscle memory. So once you figure it out, it's kind of exponential improvement, like what you can do. And then in terms of like what I'm making and stuff, it all fits into that. So For example, the way that the board is designed is going to impact the way that it performs, which is going to change if it's easier to do tricks or harder to do tricks and how it feels when you're using it and stuff like that. So it's really a whole world. It's really just scaled down skateboarding. So everything that skateboarding entails, it has the same things going on in fingerboarding, even though like at a quick glance, it might just look like somebody's just like, you know, messing around with a little toy with their hands. But then when you really look and see what they're doing, it's like, they're controlling the exact way that it flips and where it goes and right. um doing all the same tricks as a skateboard so definitely. well
0: that's really what i was seeing too it's much more complicated than maybe other sports that are out there so i'd love to hear was have there been any funny mistakes along the way that ended up to be huge successes that you're like whoa that <laughs> that just blew my mind i didn't know that that was actually going to happen but now it's something that is just part of uh, your company. Hmm.
1: I mean maybe the whole thing because yeah. <laughs> you know I was a little kid and I'm like oh I'm going to make a company and I always thought I was going to be a doctor like since I was little and up until I was about 17 I wanted to be a doctor and then all of a sudden I was like I don't want to be a doctor and I'm making more than a doctor like I I have to do this fingerboarding thing and so yeah I guess the whole thing was kind of like a funny not really mistake but I never in a million years would have dreamed that like it would be anything close to my job, you know, and now it's my full-time job. So, um, that's a big one. And then probably smaller ones. Like for example, my first wheel prototypes came from, um, like electronic components that my dad had for like engineering. There was like these circular plastic pieces and then that's kind of what evolved into like, Oh, we can machine these into fingerboard wheels and then we can add bearings to them and stuff like that. So Yeah, there's all kinds of like things that evolved from things that were not necessarily on the trajectory for it.
0: It seems like your parents really encouraged you to create Yeah. too. Were they constantly thinking about, you know, getting you to create more? I mean, to have parents that really encourage that I think is important.
1: Definitely. They've always been super supportive of me. At one point, I remember my parents asked me like, oh, how's your fingerboards thing going. And I was like, Oh, I closed the website. And they were like, you closed the website. What do you mean? And I was like, yeah, I got too many orders. So I stopped taking orders. Like I'm just trying to catch up on these for now. So I'm not taking any new orders. And, and they're like, are you crazy? That's the best problem you can have. Like we got to figure out a, a better solution than closing the website. And that's when the idea came like that I could hire them. And basically they could take care of everything that was slowing me down. Like packaging and customer service and mailing them out and sending people their tracking and whatever, all those little things, like that was just extra time taken away from basically me making the boards. And so that was the first kind of like real push. Cause before that they were just supportive as in like, yeah, go have fun, do it, you know, do whatever you want kind of thing. But right. um, from that point, it became kind of like we're working together and really seeing like how, how much we can get accomplished by you know having that additional assistance and support and stuff. That's awesome. And, yeah, so now both my parents work for me and you know we each have different roles in the company and we kind of make everything work together and it's really really awesome.
0: Oh, that's great. So it's it's now a family business that you're all running. That is that's absolutely yeah. incredible. What do you think is the hardest thing about running a business? You touched on this. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things like customer service. I mean, it's great that you focused on that and didn't let that not be an issue because I think that customer service and customer complaints can kill a company. So even if you have a great product and you're super cool and all that kind of stuff, especially with social media today, I mean, it can really, word can get out and spread very, very fast. So I think that's important. But what else has been, you know, surprising for you or or hard for you? Is there a hard story that you had along the way that when you thought, oh, my God, what am I doing here?
1: <laughs> um, there's been a few challenges, I think. Um, like the most important thing is kind of just having like an overall big picture view of everything and not getting caught up on little things. Like if there's a customer service complaint or something like that, it's like, you kind of have to understand just how to handle things like you know we always are super friendly with all kinds of stuff like that even if we know that the person's kind of like wrong or something like even if it's not our fault we'll make sure that they're they end up happy at the end but like in the earlier days it was really challenging like now having a business is second nature to me it's like i don't think about it because it's just what i do but you know as i was learning to get to that point. There were certainly challenges. Like there would be people that would make up things that weren't true and then spread them on the internet. And you know, you have to figure out like, how do you handle something like that where it feels like they're like, you know, threatening your life's work with a bunch of lies? Like there was like this guy who used to say like that my boards were made in China and it was me in my basement making my boards by hand. So I was really offended, obviously. Yeah. And I could easily prove that he was wrong. So ultimately it wasn't an issue at all. But at the time, it felt like this huge dark cloud hanging over like, oh, my God, this guy's going to ruin me or whatever. And stuff like that. I mean, it was hard at the time, but looking back at it, I'm like, all right, you know, when I needed to, I defended myself when I didn't need to. I was quiet. You know, it's like you don't want to get wrapped up in that stuff, but you can like politely, you know, you can put out a nice video of you making your board. And that says it all. You know, you don't have to say like, oh, this guy sucks. He's saying this and that. You just you know, the proof is in the pudding and the, the product always speaks for itself and stuff like that. So any kind of challenges like that, like, I don't know if you want to call it like a PR challenge or something, but you just have to like almost ignore it, but prove them wrong with what you're doing and just stick it through. And anybody with a brain can see who's right and who's wrong.
0: And weather the storm. And I think, you know, focus on what yeah. you can control. And, uh, and exactly, I think that that's, that's a really, really important piece. So Flatface Fingerboards is the biggest fingerboard company in America, but I'm sure you have competitors out there that the quality is not as good or, you know, do you worry about competition or how, what's sort of your philosophy around competition?
1: That's cool. I'm glad you asked that because I kind of uh, developed a really unique position where I don't really see anybody as competition. Um, usually if somebody's stuff is good enough, I will ask them if they want me to distribute their products on my website too, because I kind of have like the biggest platform for it. So then it helps both of us. And I've been able to kind of help out a lot of smaller companies that wouldn't really have made it on their own or they're kind of on the edge or whatever. And then it's like, I can give them a huge boost and it helps me and it helps them and it helps all the people like... Um, for example, like you said before, like customer service and having a whole company versus being a one person show where it's like just a person making boards, like maybe they don't want to handle shipping them out to other people and dealing with complaints and this and that. So sometimes it's almost more beneficial for them just to work with me and then, you know, sell their boards on my website. And then I've been able to help like the American fingerboarders in general have access to stuff from like Germany and different countries where shipping would be very difficult. And expensive and take a long time and stuff. So I can just get a whole bunch of stuff from Black River from Germany and then distribute it here. And then it's like, it takes everything to a whole new level because now everybody has access to all this stuff from all over the world.
0: No, it's very, very cool. You have such a great story and such a great attitude and uh, just so many lessons and so much inspiration for sure. So it was a pleasure talking to you, Mike, and thank you for everything uh, that you said. And uh, we'll have it in the show notes as well, but share with everybody where they can not only get the best fingerboard available, but also just overall connect with you too.
1: Um, so on YouTube, if you type in Mike Schneider, you'll find all my videos. You can watch fingerboarding in action and see what all the fun is about. And then you can go to my website, flatfacefingerboards.com. I've got Instagram, uh, Mike Schneider 161, and that's about it. The website and the YouTube is a big thing.
0: I could sit there for hours last night. I was looking at these videos and it's, they're really, really good. Thank you so much, Mike. I really, really appreciate it.